what is going on everybody it's just jimmy lennon here today on another podcast uh we just happen to have in terms of the podcast as well as within the gaming industry one of gaming's biggest nights which was the game awards of 2022 um as i alluded to for the last podcast if you guys listened to that one there was going to be some speculations and some games and some winners that probably could have happened um at this award show and man was there a lot of massive amount of announcements <laughs> as as well as awards some i think were kind of snub but you probably know which one i'm probably talking about though this is just me unbiased <laughs> but there was there was a lot of announcements and there was a lot of winners throughout the gaming industry that happened yesterday it was a nice little rejoicement especially since considering the fact that this is to my recollection the first in a while since of the pandemic where you have everybody there in on stage and the crowd and everything uh because i think in the past years if i remember correctly they just had just made the announcements just through the internet and then whoever won the award won the award through via zoom or cisco webex uh webcam or something i don't know but <laughs> it wasn't as you know as physical interactions as we have seen in the past previous years before the pandemic now it came back so let's get into it um man i mean there was a lot of announcements like i said before um announcements like tekken 8 as i already alluded to in the sense that tekken 8 was going to make some possible announcements and it was funny because i got an email for rada and i guess anybody who happened to have a tekken or maybe somehow get chained into it i don't know i mean i just haven't got an email and saying that yeah there's gonna be an announcement <laughs> and there's gonna be a trailer and everything like that um because again we only had information from that game since back in around september again it was first announced back in evo in august and then less than a month later then we eventually had some footage of basically you saw kazuya and jen fighting against each other and all that jazz and then now we actually have maybe a slight hint of how the story is coming up a little bit you know we see again jen and kazuya and then we see june in the game i was like what because i don't think we have seen june she wasn't in tekken 7 the last game was Tekken Tag Tournament 2, because that was the game before Tekken 7, and to give you kind of more or less a insight of how long that is, that game came out around 2012. <laughs> Tekken 7 came out in 2017, and this game apparently, I guess, I guess for right now, maybe possibly 2023, if we're thinking it on that scale, um, that is roughly the time frame that we're getting this game which is going to be dope <laughs> um this is this is looking promising as well for it um so there was a lot of stuff there was a lot of trailers there was um some screenshots that was going on within the game and i'm, I'm looking forward to it so it's still in development um i don't think they really have made an official announcement all we can maybe speculate right now, considering the fact this is probably the third time we have heard more announcement for the game, uh, I would say late maybe 2023. Don't be surprised if it gets delayed, but you know, let's just you know keep it hopeful and think of a positive. <laughs> but no, um, they haven't shown off more characters. They show June is going to be in there again. She wasn't. You probably last seen her at least in the main Tekken storyline. You might have saw her in different other games like Project X Zone 2. 
um, if you play them on the 3DS. But we haven't really seen her in the actual physical storyline since 2012. Then you turn around, you got Martial Law coming in there with the nunchucks. I was like, wait, what? Because I don't think you ever really saw him with them. I mean, obviously he's more or less portrayed and more stylized as, or more or less homage to Bruce Lee. But the fact this man is busting out nunchucks as one of his weapons, which is not unusual because, you know, you have other people like Raven, whether it's Master Raven, she had a sword, and then there's Raven that had daggers. You know, so, so some people have knives, swords, you know, all types of different weapons. So why not? You know, why not give him nunchucks? That was, that's going to be sick. <laughs> that's going to be sick. Um, so I'm excited for that. Arata has been digging up in here, and this is dope. <laughs> this is really dope. Um, you also saw um, Phoenix, Paul Phoenix, uh, King, Jack 8, because, you know, why not every single game it looks like apparently that Jack's in. You know, you can have Tree Prime across tech and it's Jack X. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of embrace for the fact that he will always be in the game, no matter which version it might be. Um, but yeah, man, it's just following the storyline between the family affair. You know, if you've been following the Tekken series for a while, that's what's continuing on there. It's a nice little soap opera, fighting soap opera. You saw Laws Alexander, Laws Anderson in the game, as we kind of saw if you, again, been following the storyline. Um, I think those might be the only characters I can think of that I saw. You know, so as probably time goes on, we're going to get more characters and probably even more in-depth into the storyline, exactly what's going to happen here. But I'm liking it. The graphics look amazing. I mean, you're talking on a PS5 type of system? <laughs> Bruh. I mean, Tekken's always been a beautiful game. You know, especially when they... I mean, it was one of the biggest 3D fighting games. I'm sure you have Virtual Fighter, but that was one of the biggest fighting games. So you're talking that in a three-dimensional space from, like, uh, through the first Tekken, second, third, whichever one. And then you saw it as it progressed throughout the years of the development and the graphics. It almost felt like you were watching a movie. Almost forget sometimes that it's made by Bondo Nepco and not Square Enix. <laughs> so, yeah, we had announcements about that. But speaking of Square Enix, we happen to finally get more information on a particular game that we've been getting bits and pieces of throughout the time frame of whenever. And that is with Final Fantasy 16. So, that game, again, being developed by Square Enix, was first announced back in 2020. And throughout periodically the years and everything like that, then eventually we started getting, you know, more information, more gameplay, and a little bit more insight of exactly how this story is going to go on. Because every single Final Fantasy you pretty much will know will have a different protagonist, antagonist, the whole lore of the storyline, and exactly what's going on here. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, kind of about how that goes. Now, this game is coming out. They made an official date, and it is coming out in June 22nd, 2023. You got the pre-orders, and it's exclusively on PlayStation 5. Of course, if you read the asterisk at the bottom, they did it before with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, at least with Remake, that they did about a year that that was exclusive to PlayStation before they put it like, apparently out to other um, devices, like PC, for instance. So, this is the case here. But they said, like towards 12 31 2023 so roughly six months <laughs> that will be exclusive to 
the PlayStation 5. And I'm like, oh snap. But you can I, I can't see this game being played on PS4 anyway. I'd be shocked if it did. But the fact that this was only being on PS5 makes all the more sense. I mean, to put it on a next-gen console with the enhancement of the graphics. I mean, you look at that trailer, that, that trailer was insane, right? I mean, you see the storyline, you see everything that's going on here. You know, it's in the world of Balthistia. And, you know, Cliv, I believe that's his name, how you pronounce it. It's like C-L-I-V-E, uh, Clive, or Cliv, Rosefield, and Rossfield, excuse me. And, you know, it's tailored around him. But it was so interesting because I'm looking around and, you know, you see, you know, the whole lore and everything that's going on within the game. And you see it, and it's like this man can literally fuse in with the actual summons. Like, you see Infrared, right? You summon Infrared and whatnot. And the next thing you know, he can somehow use the power-up of Infrared, right? I mean, it's not surprising because you see some of the combat and stuff like that. It kind of reminds you of a Devil May Cry, which is funny because they have the combat director that worked on Devil May Cry in Dragon's Dogum. Um, you know, he, um, Rota Suzuki. And it makes sense since he worked on Devil May Cry. This this game really looks like that too. I mean, if it wasn't like Strangers in Paradise from Final Fantasy Origins, it's this game because it's 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 insane. Seeing the graphics and everything along that too as well. So this this is definitely big. And of course, speaking of which, on the fact that it's still taking the same notes from Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I'm pretty sure took notes of Kingdom Hearts because really all Final Fantasy games, well, thirteen. You know, even 15. I mean, there was a lot of free realm gaming. Because I guess, like I said before, if you want to take it back to, like, especially 7. Because this 7, Final Fantasy 7 was only on PlayStation. So it was always on the whole role-playing game. It had still had the role-playing style even in re Remake. But you were more on the free realm. Like, you weren't stuck in just one place pressing, okay, one button attack or defense or whatever. You can actually pull off the combos yourself, right? You can guard, you can do all the type of magic, anything really. So, you know, you weren't just confined to just doing one button and then be done. That's it. But, man, I'm just looking at the trailer, looking at the art style of it. It's, <laughs> that is dope. <laughs> that is, that is really dope how I see it. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. So they got the pre-orders and everything like that. And that is that is dope. Seeing everything about it, you know. So that that's how I see that game. And you know, the fact that you know, I can only imagine how many people are gonna be trying to bum rush that place to go and get that game. That thing is gonna be dope. So you know, you see like him having his own wolf, pet wolf, and everything like that together. And yeah. I'm, I'm liking every single bit of it. So I was excited about that. The next one was Street Fighter 6. And the fact is that they announced more characters within there as well when it came to um, Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy, Jesus. When it came to Street Fighter 6. And Street Fighter 6 happened to show off a couple more characters. One that was an original character that some people may remember. Of course, got a different of a redesign. And it was three new characters that came into the game as well. So, you know, that was that was pretty that was pretty tough, right? So, um, we saw DJ now it's spelled as D E E J A Y. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but um you might have saw him kind of in a in a different getup. i know it's like oh is he a new character like nah he's he's an old decent he's an old character in the game um you just happen to see him with a different look for him you know kind of definitely on his um more on the i want to say he was like jamaican right on the jamaican side i mean you can tell by the the art design and the um, concept of the character as well so i was like oh that's pretty sweet that's pretty sweet man so yeah you got him in there and he kind of he kind of using a lot i mean his whole thing is kickboxing but it kind of almost even especially because he was back there in street fighter 2 he kind of reminds me of like eddie gordo from tekken if he does any types of breakdancing type of um kicks and whatnot so yeah he he he'd definitely be a fun person to, to play with with that one um you know you got and then three new characters is manon which it looks like she's more like on the dancing side too as well and kind of using the acrobatic skills that she has from there to pull off some moves the marissa i mean geez i mean she can pretty much throw you like a paperweight like a ragdoll <laughs> the wrestling moves and everything coming in there i was like oh snap give zangief a run for his money you know what i'm saying but she, she looked like a dope character she definitely heavily on the grappling part as well and the wrestling she kind of reminds me i forgot her name from tekken 5 um because she has like the brazilian jiu-jitsu um which kind of reminds me of her with all the grappling and everything too and then jp which is a very interesting character kind of lurking around almost looked like dark magic but we kind of eluding the fact that it could be some kind of incarnation of bison right i don't know i mean he was doing some bison like type of moves this man teleporting all over the place doing these trickery moves i was looking like interesting but what's up with the whole two letters <laughs> jp like bruh you know what i'm saying but i don't know but they said he's like the head of the international ngo uh you know of investment projects so yeah but he, i mean he could be just his own character but it just can't help but see him you know kind of almost trying to pull bison like moves and whatnot so that's that's pretty sick that's pretty sick too as well you know so adding with the mix of like Dalsum and Blanca too as well, you know, that's those are characters that they may announce with, with as well. So I'm I'm excited for that. Um, you know, Dalsum, he 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 pretty much was already a new I mean he didn't get announced obviously in there, but it's just, you know, he didn't get announced on that night, but it was pretty sweet seeing some of these characters in here. Um and an E Honda too as well. So yeah. So, this character Ross is looking pretty sweet right about now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, li I'm liking it. I'm liking the move sets and everything, too. So, this is dope. This is dope. They made these announcements like that. So, I'm excited for that. Um, the other thing, too, as well that you've seen is um, some other games like Jedi Survivor from Star Wars. That game looks nutty. That game looks really fun. That game is coming out around March 17, 2023. And it's kind of well in the sense, like, if you played any Star Wars game or even just seen Star Wars, again, if you never played any of these games that has been developed by EA, these games are really solid, right? It's, I mean, you see the trailer and the creativity of it as well, too. Like, I'm like, dude, 
you know, picking five years after the original, and Kratos is, you know, becoming more stronger of a Jedi Knight, and he's just pulling off these ty types of different tricks, slowing down, almost like stopping time when any of the stormtroopers try to go and try to shoot anywhere, and then he's like, stop, and then just kill, like, just attacks them as time is just stopped completely. It's dope. I mean, it was funny because one of the drones, he, old dude, he was like riding on one of the um, riders animals and he just like literally walked by and just cut him and just kept moving and i was like dang <laughs> just slash and go <laughs> slash and go it was it was pretty cool it was it was pretty cool i was like dude that is dope i like that i like that um they also showed off and this was kind of a little bit towards sort of the end of the show as well roughly i mean it was all over the place with so many different announcements coming out left and right you saw suicide squad uh kill the justice league game um because this is pretty much, if you can obviously say, the last game that you have Kevin Conroy, may he rest in peace, voicing Batman. And, you know, that's... <laughs> I mean, the, the Game Awards took a moment to pay tribute to him as well at the end after that trailer. Um, but it sounds like... Because he also now voiced not just the animation, but like I said before, he voiced the games, the Arkham games, and pretty much almost any of the Batman games that he was participated in that wasn't Arkham Origins. But I was just like, man, that's, man, that's gonna be tough. It's <laughs> gonna be tough. But that's gonna be an interesting game to play. Um, and how that's supposed to play into the effect. So, yep, that, that was huge. They also showed the new Super Mario Brothers movie um, clip. They showed a little bit more of where Mario... It's kind of traveling around through Mushroom Kingdom and stuff like that and warping through the pipes and everything like that. So, you know, that's that that was pretty cool as well, too. Excuse me. Um, a game, <laughs> a game that I didn't think would get any more type of work on it, considering the fact of how not okay, fine. The the release of the game and how underbaked the game was was cyberpunk 2020 2077 and i didn't think they were ever doing anything more with cyberpunk i know again i'm not gonna be a dead horse you know saying the same stuff every time but we all are seeing, seeing if you've been around the blog noticing the fact that hey you know this game has been reworked from other people they had to stay about like six days almost trying to work on this game but what i've been reading from the articles just to fix everything that had happened when this game first was released and all the problems that came after that, you know, refunds were being produced, etc. and so forth, right? So then they got a DLC of the game. Now granted, I know again, they fixed the game, you know, so that was playable and people loved it, you know, and, and again, as I said before, all things considered, if they didn't do none of this stuff, this game definitely would have been game of the year. I'm telling you right now, that if it wasn't for that little hiccup, not even a little, that big hiccup, that game would have been game of the year. I wouldn't have questioned it in the world. Just from what I've seen, no way. But it gets interesting though here. Because as I said before, they got a DLC called Cyberpunk 2077 Fandom Liberty. They showed a little bit of the gameplay as well as the trailer. And it's bringing back Keanu Reeves but it's, get this for all the fans of the following idris alba yeah he's gonna be the main character playing in this game i was like oh snap 
Like, we saw this man, because you heard someone talking, right? And you saw him talking a little bit, and, you know, he's in the, like, staring out the window and whatnot, and this, like, long trench coat. And I'm like, okay, let me see. And it was Idris Alba. I was like, what? You could play as him? <laughs> oh, my God. So he's supposed to be playing as, like, a U.S. veteran, um, and the only person players can trust to help them fulfill an impossible mission of the espionage and survival. His his name in the game is called Solomon Reed. So Solomon Reed is the name. And that's gonna be interesting to see that. Um it's kinda of, it's coming out in 2023. They didn't really say a month or a day, but I guess look out for that. And as you can tell my wallet's kinda of screaming at me right now. It's like uh you paint for all this? Because <laughs> there's so many stuff that's happened in 2023. Like, as we all kind of sort of alluded to for 2022, 2023 is going to be very big. and It's going to shape down a lot of games and stuff to look forward to in here. So that's that's going to be something right there. Um, you know, that's that's going to be... <laughs> you know, and Hiro Kijima rewrote Death Stranding 2. And, you know, because this was pretty much after the COVID pandemic and he, because the game was pretty much made in the pandemic, right? It was out there. It was put out there during the pandemic. And people still had given give some critical acclaimed game reviews on it, too. But, yeah, he just wrote the whole thing from scratch and just now started over with a new version of it. So, yeah, man. So, yeah, that, that's that's going to be interesting, too, there. Yep. Then they showed off stuff with Hades 2. Um, that was one of the games there, too. And that that was going to be very interesting to see if you play it as well. And, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of announcements there. There was another announcement that I didn't think, I don't think anybody knew, was going to happen, was that <laughs> we saw an unlikely furry-like creature in a costume. That we all know and love. His name is Crash. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. And I was like, what is this man doing here, right? Because after recently having Crash 4, you know, it's like, oh, snap, okay. What, what's he doing here? What are he, what he up to these days? Well, it looks like they're having a more or less, I don't know if you want to consider this a party game, but definitely a competitive game amongst more than just two people of a more or less i when i first saw it i thought of crash bash <laughs> this is like crash bash 2 but they're gonna say crash team rumble so instead of crash team racing it's crash team rumble how about that and it's funny because like with crash team racing it, it didn't really feel like a team thing it just felt like an individual type of thing i mean sure you had your heroes go against the villains but it wasn't like we were racing on teams like mario kart 8 where you can actually have the team build on its side but crash team rumble is a new 4v4 multiplayer game so you're gonna be seeing a lot of things seeing a lot of techniques that you probably have seen throughout the years playing crash games where you know you're gonna you know leap your team to victory but sliding smashing bumping and yes bashing <laughs> and trying to i guess bank the most amount of wumpa fruit on their end zone so yeah and trying to not get the other team to get theirs in their zone as well. So I'm like, huh, interesting. So that's an interesting, unique twist to that game as well. So I can only imagine the mayhem 
that would be in there. I mean, we, we all know it's Crash. We've seen Crash games throughout the years, whether it was throughout the main storyline of Crash, whether it's the racing games, whether it's the, well, that one game of Crash Bash. <laughs> so, you know, I've, we'll see, we see crazier stuff, so we can see exactly what's going to happen in this game. So I'm excited for that. And considering the fact that this is one game, I, you know, I don't know how long this game was being built ever since Xbox acquired Activision because I guess in a sense Crash is kind of in that spectrum of being part of within Activision. So, which is also, again, it's going to be on Xbox, but I'm curious as to see like what games are being like, you know, what what content might be exclusive to them i don't know but it's gonna be a very interesting take on it i keep my eyes on it because again we've always been using crash you know, i mean crash eventually went on the gamecube game nintendo consoles and xbox consoles but you know the first several games was always like on excuse me playstation so it was very interesting then they had warhammer which as i described that as more like a hack and slash game i haven't played it at all um so and you know, so it should be very interesting to see. I might I might give that one a try. Earth Earthblade. Now that one is a very interesting game. Um, I guess it's like a I guess considered an indie game too. I guess. Um, but Earthblade looks really cool. Uh, if you ever played uh, Celestia's creator, um, you know Celesti, you know working on that is that you know they showed off the 2d gameplay and of course it reminds you just like of like the old 2d gameplay games like if you played on like a game boy game or the old nes game consoles or whatever you know you get that type of nice art style 2d and it's really cool i'm, I'm looking forward to that then they showed bayonetta origins um you know i guess they're trying to show off the spin-off here that's gonna be on the switch yeah it's gonna be on the switch then they got a Hellboy stylish gameplay that has like a comic look to it almost in a sense. Like it has the style of it is very interesting gameplay of it, um, but it's like web of wired. So yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Then they got this game here, which I don't even know what this is going to be like. This just has so many people in this game where I can't even describe, but it's called Crime Boss Rocket City. And it has so many people in here that you may know of. You have Danny Trio in here, Vanilla Ice in here, Chuck Norris? <laughs> what? Michael Madison? I was like, huh? Danny Glover? Kim Bassensinger? I was like, huh? Like, they have like so many people in here mixed in that you know of. I'm like, what are they trying to do here? And it's more like, I guess, a stealth action FPS game. Um, and it definitely does scream 90s. But I'm just looking like, what is all these cast of people going to be in here? In fact, again, Chuck Norris? <laughs> huh? Who? What? Huh? So that's going to be interesting to see. So look up that game. I was shocked when I sat there. I had to replay it once the whole reward award show was finished. Because I was like, huh? That's interesting. And um, they have the Lords of the Fallen. They showed that one off too. The Last of Us Part One. The PC release for that was supposed to be in March of third, twenty twenty-three. For all those who's trying to get uh, the PlayStation version of it. So yeah, yeah, man. And then, as I alluded to in the beginning, 
um, there was um, an interesting part that happened with um, the Player's Voice Award, right? And I mentioned about a certain game that I was rooting for in there, and there was a lot of people rooting for it too. That was Sonic Frontiers. Of course, Sonic Frontiers was going against games of Elden Ring, God of War, Shrey, and Genshin Impact. And though it made it this far into the actual lineup of the awards ceremony, I was like, okay, come on. It gotta be Sonic Frontiers. Give them something, yo, come on. Come on! Because it's funny because they actually have like, I think it was like Best Adaptation or something like that. I believe it was the award. And they happen to have like, which, uh, to be fair, <laughs> it's, it's kinda hard to like, you know, see exactly, you know, you know, I guess you can kind of say what games probably or which one would have actually won it. And it was in a sense of Arcane League of Legends, which is a very great show, by the way. It's on Netflix. Then they had Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is also on Netflix. Cuphead show, also on Netflix. And then you had Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as a movie. And I was like, bruh. Well, now, Cuphead show I'd never seen, um, but... Like, Arcane League of Legends, if it ain't the theme song, it's the art style, it's the show itself, it's good. Very good. Um, I was actually, because it was funny, because it was weird, because I saw a trailer sometime, sometime back when the show was first coming out, and I was like, doing a show with League of Legends? I was like, that's pretty cool, but then I forgot, and luckily enough, a friend of mine told me about it, and I was like, okay. And I remember it, it just jogged my memory, and then I just was glued to the TV screen watching this because it was very good. Might be a little slow in the beginning, but very good once you start picking it up. Whew. Let me tell you, it was very good. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, yes, I said Cyberpunk Edge Runners. As I said before in the past podcast, that this show I enjoyed a lot more, and I know pretty much a lot of people was like, yes, you know, than the actual game itself. Which probably made more people actually go back in and, <laughs> and actually play the game, whether it was at a very discounted price or I don't know. But yeah, but they didn't win the award. It was Arcane League of Legends. But for this award, it was a Players of Voice Award, and Sonic Frontiers was part of that. And the winner that won that one was Genshin Impact. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> so close. I mean, I guess you could say it was a nominated game. <laughs> I mean, dang it. You know, I could have said I had my vote for that game to be game of the year, but you know, I know there's a lot of competition. But speaking of game of the year, um, it happened to go to, you know, you had a lot of game of the year games that was up there. You know, you had like God of War Ragnarok. Yes, that game that has been out since only about last month. <laughs> Then you had a Horizon Forbidden West. Then you saw Shrey that was up there, things like that. And, you know, and, and Elden Ring was up there. And the award went to Elden Ring. Now, it was interesting because, <laughs> which I, I don't know these people these days. <laughs> um, people just love to just crash somebody's crowning achievement. And I say crash because during uh, Elden Ring winning the Game Awards Game of the Year award, <laughs> I know it's a lot of words in that sentence, there was a stage crash that came on stage um, and 
yeah like just came up there and crashed the whole entire thing he's like uh hey my turn you know real quick i want to thank everybody and say i think i want to nominate you know this award to my reformed orthodox rabbi bill clinton thank you everybody he was <laughs> after that he was he left out of there that was one of the articles i've been to see from through ign that talked about it and i was like wait you had somebody crash up the award to say that speech and then got arrested right after that i was like i was like lord <laughs> uh, i was like but kudos to them um the game especially for Elden ring um, was definitely played a lot throughout the internet through its robust amount of difficulty for the game and it's almost you can almost say ever-changing way of playing the game like there was so many different ways of playing the game so it kind of kept you on your toes um yeah honestly um so that's kind of pretty much what happened there so yep that that showed up there and then you know yeah so that's kind of pretty much what happened <laughs> i don't know what more i can say about that because it was just it was odd i saw that i was like this is weird <laughs> this is definitely weird i i didn't think that that would actually happen um yeah that's that's kind of pretty much what happened there but also for the first award, at least around when the, the actual award started, um, Christopher Judge happened to get an award for best performance as playing as Kratos in God of War Ragnarok. And he had a nice little speech, and I'm glad they kept continuing. Of course, eventually later on, I guess it was like saying, well, we kind of got to get the show moving. And they started bringing in the music. We, you know, they did that for almost every award show. But I'm glad he still continued, and, you know, he, he pulled out his heart and everything about it. You know, talking about how much he, you know, enjoy, you know, playing as Kratos and, you know, everything like that. I mean, Al Pacino was the one who presented the award. I was like, what? <laughs> that's that's pretty sweet. Um, he, I mean, Pacino was like, yeah, I'm not a big gamer, but, you know, I, you know, he has children playing the games and he enjoy watching them play the games. <laughs> so he's like, I kind of got an idea of exactly what's going on, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so I was like, that's, that's pretty tough. That's, that's pretty tough indeed. So, you know, yeah. You know, you also had him being nominated with all the people like Ashley Birch that in Horizon, the Horizon Forbidden West, Charlotte and Bernie and a Plague Tale for Keem, Men Engage in immort Immortality and Sonny Strick. And God of War, who played also as his son in Kratos. So, yeah, it was it was good. You know, you know he developed. He, he thanked everybody. He thanked his family. Everybody. It was very lengthy, but you know, I was like, just you know, say it, man. I ain't gonna stop you, bro. Because he is honestly the one who pretty much brings the most embraceiveness of Kratos. On it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I remember he voiced that D-Mob in um, Dev Jam 5 for New York as well as Vendetta. If you ever play those games, he voiced in there too as well. And I was like, he did a great job in that too. Yeah. Christopher Judge voiced D-Mob. Def Jam Vendetta. <laughs> I was like, that's dope. 
So, um, but yeah, I was I was happy for him to get that award. That was pretty cool. That was very cool indeed. So, but yeah, there was I'm telling you, there was so many games up here, so many games. Um, you saw even appearances from Reggie, who is used to be the former president for Nintendo of America. Um, they gave to Doug Bowser, which happened to also come up in stage and got the award because I know Kirby and the Forgotten Land won an award for like best family game and whatnot too. So, which I, I can't disagree with that because I mean that game by itself is really fun. So, yep. Then I showed Blue Protocol too as well. Um, that was that's gonna be interesting to see as well. Then they showed off a lot of games, Vampire Survivors. That's interesting too. They also show like Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, oh snap, that's gonna be interesting there too. So, yeah. Wild Hearts, they showed off Modern Warfare with raids, which I know they were talking about that game for a little bit um, in terms of exactly the, um, more or less the, you know, given mode that I guess you could like go as a group and go to this place and well they have like these missions that you get to go as a group and kind of I don't know if you want to say survival kind of like zombies but it's it's in a sense where you can go around walk around this this building you see all these other um, enemies coming at you and you attack and whatnot so I was like that's gonna be interesting that's definitely a good time to play with with groups of friends final engage DLC was interesting they put that up there the shadow done Destiny 2 Lightfall gameplay, I was like, hmm. <laughs> and then they had it, which was funny to me, which was Among Us Hide and Seek trailer, which had like this almost Venom-like creature that, you know, basically being the creeper, <laughs> just going around the place and, you know, just, you know, it's kind of like, if anything, if you were the imposter and you were going through the entire, like, area and whatnot and see who was how we say sus in terms of who was the one who killed so-and-so yeah you just got this one just like walking and running around i'm like i'm weak so yeah there's a lot of stuff like i said for horizon for embedded west has some dlc going up there too that's coming out on april 19th so let's put it like this in terms of games look forward to seeing a lot of this stuff in march Whew. I mean, you already got Legend of Zelda coming out around that time, too, so there's a lot of games up here for y'all to keep you entertained. Diablo 4 coming in there in June 2023, so, yeah, there's a lot of of materials. But I do want to congratulate everyone who had the award, who even been nominated, too, nonetheless. You know, it's still tough in its own right. You know, it's one thing to be nominated, but also be the winner. But to make it that far into that type of stage like that, that's, that says a lot. That says a lot in hard work that was put into a lot of these games. Whether it was development, whether it was the music, whether it was direction of the game or the performance. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into a whole, and there's probably a lot more that I haven't even listed, but there's a lot that goes into this whole pool of a game that makes it whole. That some of us take for granted. No, some of us like, like, and yeah, like we want this game now. But I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this just one game instead of them just making it. There's a lot of editing. There's a lot of this directing. A lot of passing through here. All in the nine lines. That's why if you ever pay attention to the credits, how many people actually do certain different jobs, and how many people 
participate in those certain jobs. It's it's quite a handful as well. So I do want to congratulate everybody who, you know, made it up to that point in time frame and <laughs> cheers to the fact of us having all these other games we're gonna be looking forward to. And you know, as consumers like myself, it, I'm gonna be staring at my wallet as it probably starts shrinking more and more and probably until it's just lit <laughs> left in my wallet because it's gonna be too much stuff. Whether it's add-ons or full-on games, there's gonna be too many of those games. Even though there is a con for that, too many games. <laughs> uh, there's gonna be way too many games to be playing once it comes to divorce at the start of 2023. So whew, be prepared, buckle up. You're gonna be in for a nice little ride. <laughs> um, but up next, we're gonna transition from there and talk a little bit of some sports and we'll go from there. And we're back. Now going on to sports. Before I even get into the actual cusp of the sports, um, I wanna give a shout out to Brittany Reiner as for her to come finally come back to the States after being there at Russia for practically since February and for 10 months, almost about to be a year, that she would have been over there and dealing with that harsh, typical type of uh, um, environment that she was in and the potential chance that she would have been there for about nine years. They happen to have to swap. And I guess, as y'all probably have alluded to, within the 24-hour span, there was, I guess, some controversy against other individuals, and especially in terms of the politics and, and as well, of how the swap went and how some people, you know, appreciated the swap and some just was like, no, that, that wasn't the right call. Um, there was there was a lot, I guess, of back and forth between that um, in the swap um, because she happened to get swapped in with a um, from a prisoner that as they were trying to do it was a prisoner that you know they I think it what had since like 2008 it was like serving I think about 25 years I believe um, and. Um, which he was like, I guess, the merchant of death and whatnot, because um, his name happened to do that bout, because he, um, you know, his ill transactions from there and violent regimens and military groups, he earned himself 25 years, so pretty much he was in there probably since 2008, so he had to serve a little bit more, and so then that's when they made the swap and got him over there and got Brittany out brought her back here the biggest the biggest news is that she happened to get out and back over here with her loved ones and everybody here that's been supporting her from her return who've been you know wrongfully been detained in that place in russia um as we all know it's one of those biggest things and it could have been somebody's agenda within russia you know you don't know what's, what's going on in that area and country they already got enough problems already as it is so you don't know what exactly they were trying to scheme through there. It's probably obvious, but they were doing something that kept her here, kept her there for so long. And the biggest thing is that she's home. And I guess it's one of these things that too, even if you've been through the countries, no matter what country it is, you know, you do you gotta do your due diligence to keep up to date exactly 
what's going on what's going on over there um know the rules and a lot of this i know is common sense but again it some of sometimes you know we'd be oblivious to it we might turn a blind eye from it especially if you happen to be in that country multiple times and you know everything else was cool whatever you were doing and then you know this one instance happened and then it's like oh i guess it's not cool now and then you get wrongfully detained and you get you know there's there's a lot of stuff that happens every left and right you just gotta definitely know what's going on and know the countries and what's going on in those countries right you're a visitor all right but they will treat you as such of if you were a civilian at their country if you step out of line in what they're doing so you have to make sure you keep in mind with that as well so least listening us to say she probably won't be going over there if not hardly ever you know i mean that that will never come across my mind that's for sure you know so but it's also one of those things too when you really sit back and think about it what the WNBA players have to go through i'm not saying nba players don't either too but for them, they got to work twice as hard to go or play overseas to kind of get more income as well. Um, it's just those things you just have to keep in mind of where you're playing at and make sure that you're up to date with it. Um, but there was a lot of everything that was going on back and forth. And, um, and you know, everything that was going in there, too. And, yeah. So, you know, and she came back here and everybody's been voicing their opinion and everything about it. So, is that also too? Paul Whelan, he was a uh, U.S. Marine veteran who served 16 years on espionage charges that, you know, the U.S. considered bogus. And, you know, I know they were trying to get him out too. Was, um, you know, and you think, though, if they had did the deal, they would have done it. So, I don't know exactly. Of course, it's beyond me what was discussed and what was actually what was that particular deal on it but hopefully he'll get out as well and anybody else who's also who's been wrongfully detained in other countries around the world to come back to the u.s if they can um so hopefully that's the case there as well so yeah so that's what i would have liked to thank them all for whoever was able to contribute to bringing Brittany back here so that was big that was huge up there turning to the nba there are also games that's going on right now of this recording you have the knicks and the hornets going on right now you have the wizards and the pacers uh the knicks of course i'm gonna go with my knicks and go with the hornets to be to destroy them the wizards and the pacers as well you got i give it to the wizards We'll see what the Wizards are going to be doing. I mean, the Pacers got a young team, but eh, we'll see what the Wizards. You got the Raptors and the Magic. Uh, surprisingly, right now, the Magic's actually beating Raptors right now. But, uh, you know, it's the second quarter, so anything's possible. Then you also have the Hawks and the Nets. I might give that one to the Nets. The Lakers and the 76ers. 76ers. The Cavaliers and the Kings. I don't know. I mean, the Kings are playing interestingly interesting right now. But I thought I'd give it to the Cavs. I give it to the Cavs. The Pistons and the Grizzlies. That starts at 8 o'clock. I will give that one to the Grizzlies. The Pelicans and the Suns. That might be a tight race there. I'm not sure. That might be a tight race. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I might just go for the underdog. I might go with the Pelicans. 
Timberwolves and the Jazz, I would say probably maybe the Jazz. The Bucks and the Mavs, I would say the Bucks. So that's pretty much all I'm saying right now within the games that's happening tonight. So, you know, for the tops right now, Eastern Conference, they still got the Celtics. Celtics right now kind of weeing away, especially from the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks ain't that far, but 21 and 5 versus 18 and 6. I mean, it's, it's still a gap. The Cavs are third. The Nets somehow making a way back up up there, too, right now. It's number four. So, yeah. And as for my next, well, I mean, we're hanging in there. We're above 10. I mean, we're not above in terms of our record, but, you know, we're 12 and 13. But, you know, that might change. I don't want to jinx anything, but we're going against the Hornets. So, we'll we'll see. We'll see. And as for the West, as always, it's been powerful. Pelicans are number one against the Suns. They're, you know, number two. So, you know, anything is possible. I don't know. But we'll see how the Pelicans are doing. Number one. How about that? The Pelicans. But Zion up there, too. And they don't have Brandon Ingram either, too. But... But the cast of characters they got in there, that's that's quite dangerous. You got the Grizzlies coming up there as third. As I said before, you got the Kings as number five, and Nuggets are fourth. The Lakers, 13. The Warriors, number 10. I mean, again, I know it's early in the season, so some of this will change. We'll have to see. It's up and down. As we turn into for the NFL. NFL man to the old man well after the Raiders and Rams game which we all probably thought would have been a sleeper game because of how both teams have been performing this year the Rams were really struggling to catch up there and the Raiders kind of had the lead for a while and then somehow somehow ignited because keep in mind Baker Mayfield happened to um, get waived and what made uh, from the cap from the Carolina Panthers and made his way to the Rams after Stanford has been pretty much been injured. And I was like, dang, this man went from the Browns starting the quarterback there, having his own progressive commercial and whatnot over there, then went over to the Panthers. Now the Rams, right? Well, after the struggle bus, and considering the fact that Baker Mayfield didn't have as much time to get over anything with the offensive book or anything, or just what they do, they won. <laughs> by the skin of their teeth they won i was like dude that's a that's embarrassing for the raiders as for a team like the rams where they were trying to get accustomed and baker mayfield was trying to get accustomed with all that going on this was raiders game to have and they still botched it i was like yeah terrible I, I don't i don't understand how the heck they can just mess that up and just let that be loose through that game that night <laughs> so that definitely is a big victory for them that's for sure you know coach was like yeah man we see y'all monday and i know they're probably getting lit this whole entire weekend <laughs> so but in any case as for the games going on on a sunday we've got the vikings and the lions um i would say the vikings yeah safe bet safe bet ravers and the steelers It'd probably be a struggle fest for them two teams, but I might say the Ravens, maybe, and kind of, I don't know, maybe. Browns and Bengals should be a very tight game between them two, um, as the Browns did win their game last week, especially having Sean Watson playing there after him not being there for a while. They happen to still win that game. 
looking at the Bengals. I don't know. Between the two teams, I'll probably go with the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow might have something up his sleeve and the crew with that. You got the Jets and the Bills. Whew. Two New York Giants teams. Or they're not Giants, but but two New York teams known in that area. Uh, hmm. Sorry. I, I might have to go against the Jets on this one. Bills. Texans and Cowboys. Let's be real. The Cowboys. <laughs> After that performance last week. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and here comes the Achilles heel. The Eagles and the Giants. Well, I, you know, I was going to stand by my Giants. Could I expect an outcome? I don't know. Anything's possible. This is the first time we are facing the Eagles this season. Yes, as weird as our schedule is, this is the first time we're facing them right now. I mean, hey, they lost against the Commanders that people thought that that was going to be an easy dub. We're full of surprises. Now, granted, we should have beaten the Commanders last week. That should have been a gimme game. But hey, as I just said, Eagles, that was supposed to be their gimme game. And look at them. You know, they beat the Eagles. They made us struggle against them, even though we could have gotten the field goal. But we just short that field goal. Kind of what happened with the Jaguars and the Ravens that game last uh, the other week ago. And I was like, bro, that's that's sad. But we're also a second team now, along with the Washington Commanders that happen to have a tie, because I know the Texans have a tie as well. Um, so that's great. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to my Giants. I believe in them. If no one else does, I do. I do. All right. Then you got the Jaguars and the Titans. Uh, Titans. Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs. That's at 405. Uh, the Panthers and the Seahawks. I uh, will give that one to Seahawks and Geno Smith. They're going to probably run them all over the place. Buccaneers and the 49ers. Mm, I don't know. Tom Brady, he, he was pulling it through. Through that game that happened, by the way, on that Monday. He pulled through against some Saints. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably give it to the Bucks. Dolphins and the Chargers. Dolphins. And you got the Patriots and the Cardinals is playing on Monday. Uh, Patriots. Cardinals are not really doing much for me right now. I don't know what they're going to try to do. But we're getting closer and closer into the playoffs, my peeps. Things are going to start to get a little tight. little tight. Who wants it bad enough? Who wants it bad enough? All right? <laughs> Um, but that's about it for the sports section. Um, that's for music, though. Um, shout out to Paramore. They happen to have a song with the news. Uh, they had a dope uh, music video that you guys should check out with the news. Uh, it was a very dope song. And especially if you've been big fans of Paramore, they definitely kind of give you back that order vibe. But a lot of their music they make anyway, don't disappoint. A lot of their music. I mean, there might be some songs that you may not feel, but... It's for, you know, there's certain songs for different people. But this song, oh my God. I mean, This Is Why was a great is a great song, too. This one, whew, I had this thing on replay so many times. Even the music video was pretty interesting and cool. You know what I'm saying? Captures probably the instance of the title of the song and what the song means. So, you know, if you open to have an optimistic mind, definitely check that music out as well. And uh, speaking of other music, I guess... Never thought that this would happen, but hey, we've seen, we seen movies, we've seen shows, like Empire. 
where you can make music in jail. Yeah, how about that? Recorded, mind you. Don't know how you do it, and I don't know how they allow it, but they somehow do. I don't know. I mean, and people can write or rap lyrics. You know, they can make it up as they're in there, but somehow record. That's one thing. I'm like, how in the world did they record that? <laughs> and somehow Robert Kelly, R. Kelly, made an album in there. And he has made an album that talks about almost, you can kind of say, um, all his wrongs, I guess, in an album. And says, I admit. So, yeah. Have I taken a listen? Absolutely not. But some people have. And it's still weird that they have that out there. But that's out there. So, for those who want to give it a shot with that, be my guest. I don't know. That's, that's, I'm still amazed. I'm like, how did this even happen? But, you know, these days with celebrities, who knows? Who knows? But on a different entertainment section, Jackie Chan mentions that Rush Hour 4 is in the works. I was like, yes. People were rejoicing over the internet about that. And I was, I was like, oh boy, that is brilliant. That is awesome. I'm happy. I'm geeking out. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious as to what they're gonna have and what they're gonna have in store for the movie. So I'm excited for that. So we shall see how that recording goes. But as always, that is going to be it for the podcast. Thank you guys for watching or more or less not watching, but listening. Um, As always, you guys stay safe, protect each other, hug each other if you guys can. And um, because it's a crazy world out here. And I'll see y'all next time. Take care.